I'm Matt Dixon, and welcome to the Purple Patch Podcast. The mission of Purple Patch is to empower and educate every human being to reach their athletic potential. Through the lens of athletic potential, you reach your human potential. The purpose of this podcast is to help time-starved people everywhere integrate sport into life. And welcome to the Purple Patch Podcast. This is your host as ever, Matt Dixon. And this week, I'm feeling lazy. It is Thanksgiving here in the US. And so we've decided to give ourselves a break, take a little week off. But at the same time, we've got to keep the run going. We've got to feed you. And so while we're taking the week off, we're going to put together a little best of segments here for this show. The common themes throughout this episode, elite behavior, effective communication, proper feedback and identifying talent. So the heart of this show is all built around personal growth and development. And so as you listen, I want you to come back to these segments, but do so with a lens where you're employing some of the key principles as a coach, leader, or athlete that will establish trust and enable a real coaching relationship to flourish. Now, I think this is apropos for the time, especially for you guys that are coaches or business leaders out there. Because this is not only the time of the year for you to be assessing and assisting your leaders or those that you charge and guide in the business setting with season planning and setting up the year and mission ahead. But I believe this is the time for us leaders for deep reflection and a little bit of a post-mortem on your own approach. It's only with a personal ongoing search for growth, improvement and evolution that you can continue to improve. So if your plan for the next year ahead is just status quo, repeat what you're doing, and then the truth is, I think you're regressing. You're not growing no matter what your prior success has been. We have a saying at Purple Patch, complacency kills. And I see that in business leaders. I see it in coaches. We have a saying as well, evolve or die. And guess what? It's not just for the athletes. And so if you're sitting up here on your high horse thinking you've got it all figured out, guess what? It's time to retire or go on and do something else. Instead, I encourage you, reflect, review, and ask for the gift of honest feedback. Ask questions of people you trust and know. Seek advice. It isn't weakness. It's strength. Evolve or die. And just before we dive into the best off segments, We're not going to do word of the week this week, but I am going to give you a little squatty update. And this week, I'm going to go brutal, straight up front and bringing out the pickaxe. You see, it's a holiday week in the US, Thanksgiving. And therefore, it's a super time, in my humble opinion, for you to start to dive in and committing. Get through the holidays, probably have a little bit more capacity Start to think about your year ahead, but I encourage you to take the opportunity. You see, many have the opportunity for the magic this month in December, where we're navigating the holiday season, but it's a wonderful time not to be obsessive on training, but to integrate a little bit of specificity to set you up for the next year and to be in a super place as you launch into January. So many push it off and say, I'll take care of that in January, but they're starting behind the eight ball. Instead, navigate the holidays, let us help you, 
and use the platform of resilience with a whole bunch of freedom integrated, I should point out, as I have so many times in the show. And get ready. Join Purple Patch Squad. It's my call to action over this Thanksgiving week. The question is, are you retreating and regressing? Or are you prepping to load and get ready to evolve? So use the holiday to escape. But also, if you're interested, have a little gander at purplepatchfitness.com forward slash squad. See whether it's the right program for you. But here we go. Little snippets, the meat and potatoes as we get ready for elite behavior, communication, proper feedback and talent identification. Let's start with episode 71 on going pro. In this episode, I discuss what it means to be pro both in sport and in life. And I think it's important to remember as you listen here, there's a critical divergence between performance at a high level and going pro. As a time-staffed athlete, your mission is to integrate sport into your really big life and around the important non-negotiables of work and family commitments. So you don't have to be a pro athlete to embrace pro habits and characteristics in your daily life. And in this segment, I go back and look at some of the key components of elite behavior. I hope you enjoy. Before we talk about a successful athlete, let's talk about the components of elite behavior in order to do the job really well. What does it actually mean to be pro? Well, let's investigate and have a quick reminder of some of the current characteristics of elite performers. Well, every elite performer, and remember, we talk about life here, but what we're focusing on right now is the professional athlete. Everyone has great ability to plan and have passion for the journey. So it goes without saying, they're goal-driven. They thrive on stepping stone goals, but almost all of them can really love the process and the journey. And you can only actually ultimately set up appropriate goals and missions, not by grabbing them out of the sky because they sound great, but within context of where you're at and where you want to be. That's the most obvious one. But the second component is where it becomes more interesting. I believe under the big bucket that the highest performers have a wonderful mission for consistency. They're highly habit-driven, and they find supportive, positive habits, habits, that is, that support their very hard work. And you have to nail these habits down before you take one step before becoming pro. They also, in the pursuit or the mission of consistency, have a critical nature to retain perspective. They have an innate ability and a learned ability to come out of the weeds and see the big picture. Now, this comes with wisdom. And very few elite amateurs have crafted and developed and honed this perspective. And so it takes time. It cannot be rushed. But the art of gaining perspective and understanding your own individual fabric of journey and how to react cannot be rushed. And I would argue it almost can never be rushed from within elite athletics. A third component or behavior that's absolutely critical is that they are coachable. The value of a mentor or a coach is they have seen it before. They have taken this journey with other athletes before. And so they facilitate the pathway with 
your contribution and perspective to help you. And the best athletes thrive with accountability. They are lifelong learners. They are consistently looking to grow and they have the humility to be coached and to be led. The very best are the most coachable. And then finally, they're change able. They are highly resilient physically and emotionally, and they tend to thrive in a consistently changing environment because what you start to learn as you become a seasoned and crusty old world-class performer is that the journey from where you are to where you want to be is never linear. And so we must learn and understand and appreciate the need for adaptability and resilience. When we think about these four components, the planning and the passion for the journey, the mission for consistency, the ability and the humility to be highly coachable and the development of the resilience to make you change able. No matter your physical talent, it is incredibly hard and incredibly difficult to learn this when you put yourself in the category that absolutely demands world-class performance. I'm not a pro and I'm not gonna be a pro say the majority of listeners as they hear me ramble on. Well, let's extrapolate this to the real world. Because a reminder, what we're really talking about here at the heart of it is personal growth. And let's think about what growth and development. You've heard me in other episodes and shows talk about what I believe people need to actually develop, evolve and grow and be successful in whatever their pursuit is. I consistently see people thrive and evolve when they have three main components in the fabric of their life. Number one, a mentor, someone to provide perspective, guidance, feedback, and even a little accountability. I also think people shine when they have peers to enable development amongst each other and support to share ideas, to help growth. And then ultimately, the opportunity for somebody to lead, to give back, to guide. In fact, teaching is the best education there can be. And so let's for a moment think about a developing teacher or coach. Because if we think about coaching or we think about the classroom, Success isn't about knowing a bunch of great workouts or the theoretical components of the classroom of the sport. A good coach isn't just about prescribing good workouts. It isn't just the application of theory. A good teacher doesn't just deliver a curriculum. We are not just about information transfer. To truly develop as a coach, we must master the theoretical side and then the effective delivery, we must also install confidence and belief. We must be able to establish and hold positive accountability. Dictatorship never works for the long term. And we must be able to deliver just-in-time feedback to help people stay on track, the people that we're leading. We must start to learn to appreciate the patterns and responses across different populations and different individuals and hone our eye to understand when people are going off track or when they're thriving. And we must start to understand the nuances that come with people with different personalities and profiles. So over time, a great coach will become malleable, an ever-learning machine, and a great teacher will ultimately start to realize how ultimately little they know and how much more there is to learn. It is why 
coach can never thrive from simply being behind a keyboard. And it's why a great coach can never evolve on an island. And it's why a great coach can never learn only from online. Doing, sharing, listening, growing. Habits to establish a journey of development. As I said to a new friend just a week ago, Steve Ingham. Now, Steve, if you don't know him, you should head back and listen to the podcast. But he was essentially the head of the most successful British Olympic movement that we've had. And as he dissected my approach to one of my most successful pros, I said, Steve, here I am. This is what I'm prescribing. How can I improve? Where are the holes? What am I doing wrong? How can I grow? And I promise you, he had lots to say. You see, if you're not asking, you're not growing. And if you're not growing, you're wilting. Remember, evolve or die. So, you coach? Great. Here's the question for you. Who is your mentor? Who are you learning from? He or she doesn't need to be a coach per se, but you must have a fabric where you can gain advice, feedback and guidance. And it must be honest and raw. And then ultimately, you must be able to adapt and evolve based on that feedback. It's the only chance for growth and success. Secondly, who do you share with? Are you a closed book in your training approach? Well, I'm sorry if that's the case, then I believe that you're not a good coach. Share, listen, and learn. And then ultimately, how are you leading? How can you improve your style, your communication, your feedback, your posture, your tone? Those are the questions for development. That's how you go from coaching to being a good coach. And with that system and that eagerness, you realize just as it is to go from being pretty smart and good as an athlete to actually being world-class, you have to find the fabric and the growth and the journey and the mentors to get you there. But what about being a part of a team in the work environment? What does it take to grow and to navigate your development as an employee? Well, if you want to evolve and grow and thrive in the workplace, learn a little from being pro or being pro-like. Learn from the characteristics and the demands of excellence. Habits are everything. Silent mouths will starve. And so commit to doing what is necessary to excel. Well, we explore pro behavior and characteristics, but in episode 72, we went all the way through effective communication in coaching and leadership. Effective communication, remember that word, effective, isn't just about getting your message across or making your point, and certainly isn't about telling people where they went wrong. It's also not just about being a keyboard assassin, sitting at your computer and firing off emails to your athletes or employees. Effective communication empowers the athlete or the employee to execute as intended, to believe in the path forward and to have clarity in the actions needed for success. In this snippet, I highlight my top 10 components of effective coaching communication. Let's get to it. So, Let's talk about effective coaching communication. And this is a critical question, but the answer 
doesn't just sit in you getting your message across. You don't need to make your point. To mould communication, we need to first briefly revisit what effective coaching is. Because that is the root to understand what coaching communication is born from. So for me, when I think about effective coaching, I think it has two parts. The first is the prescription side. That in an endurance athlete's world is writing a smart training program that integrates into that athlete's life, is appropriate to their goals, their level, their health status, and also progresses them towards their goals. Job done, right? All good. Absolutely not. The second part of effective coaching is what I would label education and empowerment. And this is where the power sits. To truly become effective, we must aim to firstly educate. Educate to deliver the mission and the purpose of the plan. So what are the expected outcomes and the mission for the athlete? Secondly, to educate so that the athlete can understand that great plan that you've written and ultimately execute it as you intend it to be executed. And thirdly, to educate so that the athlete can make smart decisions along the way, how to manage their program within the confines of their life. The second component is feedback, providing perspective on their journey, helping them course correct on the missteps and mishaps that are going to happen so that they can stay on track towards their progression. And ultimately, feedback to provide the best information to enable them to make smart decisions along the path and also to troubleshoot for themselves those inevitable challenges and pitfalls. And finally, support. A big part of effective coaching comes in driving from behind, not leading from the front, but to listen, to guide, to nurture and support so that from that you can enable the athlete's confidence to grow and develop from within side of the athlete. Effective coaching. If we consider it, yes, you can be a keyboard assessing and write a great plan for someone, but the heartbeat of that great coaching lies in a single phrase, effective communication. And so what that means is we must become assassins of communication, not the keyboard. But what does that mean? What are we trying to accomplish by becoming an assassin of communication with our athletes and employees? Well, the first is to build trust. You see, your athlete or employee must have faith in what you're saying and the guidance that you give. And I believe that that faith and trust is going to be born out of a consistency of messaging and your beliefs, a consistency in the application across all others, as well as a framework of you creating boundaries and also displaying a willingness to admit when you don't have all the answers or in fact, and sometimes we are as coaches, wrong. You see, we're coaching adults, and so this also means that the athlete or employee also doesn't just need to follow, but be empowered to have a voice. They need to have a safe and open environment to contribute, because while coaching isn't a democracy, it also isn't a dictatorship, ultimately, if you want it to be successful. The second component that we want to have is the ability to establish a picture of development. You see, in communication, context is everything. 
And you're never going to be successful in an ongoing coaching relationship if you rely on phrases such as, because I said so. You see, in addition to building trust, you also must help your athlete and employee with perspective. All people thrive when they understand a couple of things. The first, where they're currently at, and secondly, have complete clarity on a path that has purpose to drive them where they want or need to go. And you can't rely on just setting the path. You must effectively display the current state so that you have an established picture of development and the path forward to where they need to go. With that clarity and that journey, communication can be effective. Thirdly, you want to be the driver of support and confidence. Much of the motivation for success is going to come from the athlete. Ultimately, athlete or employee success is not going to arrive out of external reward or motivation. But with this, let's not forget that a coach's perspective must be the gateway to allow maximal growth potential. And we must do this not by telling the athletes or employees how good they are, but instead clearly relaying the steps that are required in order to hit optimal returns. And there is a big difference in this. It's a seismic difference between communicating a path to excellence and pushing the athlete towards belief that they can go further than they ever imagine and simply telling them that they're going to be great. Promoting inevitable greatness, as I call it, is only going to lead to inevitable despair. Believe in them, drive them, support them. But whatever you do, don't tell them how good they are. And finally, as the big categories of what we're looking for, is to establish ourselves as the lighthouse. With trust intact and a pathway to performance set, you are driving behind them towards their success. But there's another part of communication in coaching, the lighthouse. As an athlete or employee embarks on their journey, there are going to be twists and turns towards that success. And ultimately, we must adapt, adjust, course correct, and refine the path. The performance journey is never, ever linear. And so communication requires you to be their lighthouse and to enable those adjustments and some perspective and lessons to apply. And so for me, when I think about effective communication, these are the four pillars that we talk about. In reverse, the lighthouse, being a driver of support and confidence, we want to develop a path and picture of development. And ultimately, it all stems with the central component of trust. That is the pillar that we build everything around. And I've got to say, one of my favorites coming up. A saying that led to confusion and then clarity. How you chop carrots is how you live your life. This was the theme of episode 76. How people execute seemingly simple tasks are going to seep into everything that they do. And as a coach or leader, you can have the ability to spot talent or value by observing people, employees, athletes, very basic habits and the behaviours that they exhibit. In this episode, I explored the concept of talent 
and how you as a coach or manager can go about identifying it with your athletes or employees. Enjoy. Now, the champions of the future aren't those that are just physically gifted. They're also not those who just happen to have a tidy bedroom. But they are those people who deliver great value more than who simply just went to a great school. The highest performers in all endeavours display the characteristics that you require in order to drive the performance needle. But we need to wrap this up. Remember we talked about section three, intentional focus. You see, you begin to have a sniff of what talent is. And we gain an understanding of what that looks like in action. The people that actually create magic in sport or life. But when we say this, I do think that some perspective is really important. Because we have to apply without missing a critical factor in this. Intentional focus. Intentional focus. Because it would be a disaster for you or anyone that you lead if you just randomly demand excellence in every piece of the puzzle of life. And ultimately, if you're over capacity and you're juggling too much, you're simply going to overfill the bucket of willpower. The bucket of willpower, yes. Remember I mentioned that you cannot coach will? It's true. But in addition, all of us Any of us, all of us, only have so much will. We all have a certain capacity on caring. And so it's not enough just to simply expect excellence, follow through compassion in every single minuscule fabric of the path. It simply isn't practical. And so I can look into bedrooms and I can lick chain grease. I can expect perfection in workouts. I can marvel at Sarah Piampiano's approach to a sport. But it only comes with intentional focus. And that is facilitated with a little capacity. And this is why there's a background to a core value of our pro squad, our athletes, and the entire Purple Patch team. There's a saying that we live by. Nail the basics. Because for excellence, we must carve through the blizzard of bullshit and master the key components of sport or the role that's going to yield the greatest impact. To give you an example, for our professional athletes, with every new voodoo diet, training methodology, piece of equipment or lotion that you can supposedly put on your legs to make you faster, it comes down to this. They have seven repeatable habits seven things master them intentional focus aspects like going easy enough in the easy days ensuring that after every workout you're fueling there you go there's two of the habits right there for you free but you must nail them you must master and in an athletic sense if you nail these if you become a master you're probably going to be 95% of the way to excellence. And it is only after them, for our professional athletes, that they are allowed to focus on that final 5%, or what you might call the incremental gains, not my favourite saying. And so, yes, how you chop carrots is how you live life. 
but just ensure that you focus on chopping the important carrots. Become a master and follow through. That is critical. But we do have to acknowledge when we promote this that you or anyone you lead must have capacity to excel and to master. And you must focus on the critical stuff because that is what is going to create a blossoming of the Purple Patch journey. And that is how the traits of talent get to actually take hold. Mastering the key pieces, nailing the basics, allowing energy to go to the things that move the needle. And if athletes or workers are scattered or confused, it is impossible to focus. And therefore, the chopping quality, by definition, will go down. And the final little snippet of this very special best of show, feedback. And yes, feedback can and it absolutely should be a gift. It should be something to cherish and to seek. It is something to be given that will facilitate both growth and improvement. The topic of feedback is so important that I devoted an entire two episodes to defining what effective feedback is and illustrating where it fits in the context and cycle of performance, culture and coaching. So for the manager or coach, delivering effective feedback includes an understanding of the timing, clarity, intention and the delivery of the message. And for the receiver, or the learner as I like to call them, they also have a pivotal role in the feedback loop. She must be vulnerable, eager to improve, appreciative of the fact that proper feedback is not an indication of failure. And in this segment, you'll find out how to communicate effective feedback effectively so that both parties are consistent and confident in their shared mission to evolve and improve. I would say it's unmissable. Enjoy it. And so let's go through both providing and receiving feedback. We'll start, of course, with the manager or coach, the person that is providing feedback to the learner. That's the word we're going to use, the learner. It doesn't matter if you're the employee or the athlete, but the chance to actually learn from the gift of feedback. Well, I believe there's typically a process or process to you Americanos, a process to frame things. So the first thing we need to talk about, though, is timing. Timing. This is critical. You only want to provide feedback when the learner is focused and able to listen and understand. So timing is important. And it's also worthwhile to ask what we might call permission. But we should also seek to provide a little bit of clarity around the subject, a framework of what you're going to talk about. You see, if you say to someone, Jenny, I've got something very serious to talk to you about post-session, it's not exactly helpful. Jenny is going to worry and panic. What have I done wrong? Oh my goodness, this is really serious. Instead, a heads up and a framing is going to help the learner enter the conversation with a platform of subject recognition. The mission around timing is to provide the right place, the right environment, and to avoid angst or fear. Now, when we think about timing, we then get to move 
to delivery. We want to avoid at all costs a lecture. We are not a dictator and we're not forcing it down your throat. So we need to aim to get some version of the realization of these five bullet points. First, positive reinforcement trumps negative 99 times out of 100. Positive reinforcement trumps negative. Second, we have to remember, failing is learning. That's why we call it the learner. Failing is learner. Thirdly, you must be consistent. Stick to your standards, your method, and your beliefs. Fourth, the mission is to build confidence in the learner. And so you want to seek small wins. You're not seeking perfection, but at the same time, never, ever lie. The truth is tough, but tell the truth, even if it's a tougher conversation. And finally, number five, as the person delivering feedback, I think it's critical that you always believe in best intentions. Consider their side. Look for your ownership. And so, yes, as the person delivering feedback, getting the timing right, asking permission to ensure that they're amiable to receiving it and giving them a little context is key. But before you start talking, ground yourself. Positivity. Realizing that this is an opportunity for learning for everyone. You must be consistent in your method and your beliefs and you should be seeking to have an outcome where this delivers confidence. Seek the small wins. Don't seek for absolute perfection. But ultimately, the truth is always the king. And finally, this isn't about you telling someone where they went wrong. And you must believe in their best intentions. You must always take the time to come up as you ask your athletes and employees to do and gain perspective and consider their side. What's your role to playing this? Okay, great. This is all lovely. I love the concept of feedback. I'm going to be positive. I'm going to help someone grow and develop and get more confidence. But how do you actually structure that? How do you actually have a framework to draw from for you to go and execute really valuable conversations that elicit growth and action? So I like to have a pretty simple framework. I'm going to share it with you today. Now, of course, when I outline this on this show, so much needs to be morphed to the situation, to the learner themselves, and of course, what needs to be accomplished. But this framework might just help you. We tend to go through a five-step process and try and keep this in mind when you're having the conversation, or in many ways, what we might talk about, managing the conversation. So here it is. Get your notepad out. Number one, you need to say the first part of the conversation specifically what you're going to be discussing and why. This must be succinct and clear. So many people, and I'm a victim of this sometimes too, aim to manage the message. But ultimately, what we must realize is that we all thrive with this magic word called clarity. This is what I want to talk about, and this is why, and these are my concerns. 
Boom. The message must be delivered in a succinct way. Part one, complete. What happens next? Part two, you need to listen. You need to give space as the deliverer of the feedback to allow the learner to respond. We must, if it's going to be effective, appreciate the learner's point of view. And we must do this with an open mind. We're not storing up ammo and getting ready for the next onslaught across the Western Front. We are pausing and we are doing something that's critical. We are listening. We must really try and appreciate the learner's point of view and what their mindset was. Once we have this, we have two things accomplished. We have specifically and succinctly delivered our concerns. At the same time, we've enabled space for the learner to respond. Now what we must do is confirm the understanding of their position. Remember, you're a team. If you are delivering feedback to someone, you want to deliver growth, opportunity, learning, collaboration is central. And so you must make sure that you're aligned. In the same way as we talked about being aligned on mission and getting buy-in, when we're delivering feedback, we must, as the deliverer of the feedback, confirm understanding. Now, step four becomes a little nuanced. With that confirmation, it is then critical, remember, good intentions, that we honor their good intention and state your concern. And this is where we open the doorway of collaboration and ultimately have the opportunity to be united on a path to growth. You confirm, you honor the intention, and then you state your concern. Because, remember what we talked about, you must stick to your standards, your methods, and your belief. And so even if it's tough, this is where you state your concern. But it's in the spirit of collaboration and growth, not telling someone where they messed up. And finally, if everything has gone well, it has the opportunity then, step five, to begin to collaborate on change. Do you remember we talked about actionable steps? Well, feedback is only effective if we get to an environment in which we have a chance to collaborate on the change or the growth that can occur. So guys, there you have it. A little recap of some recent episodes all centered around elite behavior, talent, and effective communication. Ultimately, successfully employing these tips are gonna set you up for long-term progression, improvement, and resilience. And I also wanna say it's Thanksgiving. And so I wanna give my thanks. And I've got a few people to thank. Firstly, the Purple Patch team all of the coaching team and all of the support crew and everyone that believes in our mission and is actively engaged and a part of it. I also want to do a special shout out to a certain woman, Kerry Barrett. You see, behind the scenes here, Kerry has to fudge and fix and try and make me just an East London guy sound halfway intelligent. And somehow, she manages to do it because Kerry produces all of these podcasts. And it's truthful to say that the Purple Patch podcast wouldn't exist if it wasn't for Kerry. And so, Kerry, thank you if you're listening. And finally, to you guys, 
the listeners and the Purple Patch family of athletes, we greatly appreciate it. Our quest is to try and help, to try and educate. And I know that we get so much feedback and we realize that that is a gift. And so thank you so much for listening, for being a part of this journey and for encouraging us to carry on the quest. We started this show as a little bit of fun and to see what would happen. And now it's a central part of our weekly journey at Purple Patch. And so we're always open to hearing more feedback, how we can improve, what you would like to hear. But enough for today, just for me to say a heartfelt thank you. And coming up in the next couple of weeks, well, we've got my little special Purple Patch Holiday Gift Guide, but also a whole bunch of other fun, including a very special episode on athlete development. But next week, it's all about the kids. Yes, children. We're going to focus on specialization, performance anxiety, and navigating puberty and the journey for a child athlete. So you won't want to miss that. Until then, take care. Thanks so much for listening. This has been the Purple Patch Podcast. If you like what you hear, we'd really appreciate it if you share with your friends and even go the extra mile and head over to Apple Podcasts to subscribe, rate and review the show. The Apple Podcast link is in the show notes. Your support and positive reviews go a huge way in increasing our visibility and also the exposure to time-starved people everywhere who want to integrate sport into life and ultimately thrive. Don't forget, you can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Cheers!